My Car Guru, episode 210. Hello again, and welcome to this edition of My Car Guru. This is Lenny Lawson, your connection to a better car life. Again, my hotline number is always open and available for text or calls. I may not answer if you call. may go to voicemail, but that's just because I am a businessman and still working, still running a new car dealership. Uh, 423-552-2020, that line is for your questions. You know, it could be about the value of your vehicle. You're thinking about going out and trading cars and you want to go with some ammunition. I will provide that ammunition at no charge. Uh, you may be wanting, you know, have a big repair bill. I had a lady just a little while ago that's in my service department, and she said, Lenny, can I buy an extended warranty for my vehicle? And I said, well, did you have an extended warranty before? And she said, yes, I did. It just ran out, and I'm worried because I used my extended warranty. It was well worth the money. I said, well, the matter of fact, you can, and you can buy it through Ford because she was driving a Ford Fusion, and uh, let me get you a price, and she was so happy. And I gave her a price, and she's going with the four-year, 50,000-mile protection, which covers pretty much the entire vehicle. All of the major components are, are covered. You know, it's not like uh, the, the best, the very best warranty that we offer because, you know, that's only available on new cars. And um, so, you know, this is a used vehicle with 80,000 miles on it. But what's great is that she can buy that from Ford since she's driving a Ford. So it's good at all 3,500 Ford dealers in this country. And she said, you know, I really just didn't, I didn't know whether to, you know, call one of those warranty companies that, that advertise on the TV. And I said, no, don't ever do that. Those are, you know, it's fine. It sounds cheap. It gives you all the warm fuzzies that you want, but it just doesn't cover much. You know, it's when you have a claim is when they start sending adjusters and stuff like that. You don't have to worry about any adjusters if you buy a manufacturer's warranty. Like if you're driving a Honda and you buy a Honda warranty, then guess who the adjusters are? The people that work at the dealership. And guess what else? They want to do the work for you. And they want it to be paid for by your warranty because it doesn't come out of their pockets, but they make money doing the work. So they are motivated to fix your car. I had one lady one time say, well, you just don't want to fix my car because it's under warranty. I said, ma'am, that's nothing could be further from the truth because we get paid by the manufacturer to do warranty work. And, you know, a large portion of the work that we do in our shop is warranty work. So your assumption is incorrect. I said it probably in a nicer way. So if you have a question, you can send it to me by text at 423-552-2020, or you can email me at mycarguru2020 at gmail.com. Okay, so I did get a question. Matter of fact, I got three questions. Yesterday, I picked this one because it's such a tough one to answer. It was an online question, and uh, they said, Mr. Lawson, how can I tell if a salesman or a mechanic is trying to rip me off? I don't know. That's tough. Are you a good judge of character, you know, when you talk to people? I mean, can you read somebody? You know, if you know nothing about a particular subject, like if I... I'm trying to think. If I had a problem with my horse and I knew nothing about horses, then I'd I'd call an expert on horses, maybe a veterinarian or somebody like that. And that's what you need. You need somebody that can stand beside you and interpret what's being said that has knowledge, that has car knowledge. You know, you take somebody with you that's bought a lot of cars or been in the car business to help you buy one. Uh, You take a mechanic or somebody who knows a lot about cars and the mechanics to help you make a a decision whether you need to really replace your transmission or not. You know, and I've had people call me about issues like that, more detailed things. So 
you know, if you f- get kind of a queasy feeling, you, you think they're trying to oversell, uh, you feel like you're under pressure. Of course, you probably are under pressure if, if you are without your vehicle. But uh, And that's when a lot of unscrupulous folks will take advantage of you, when they, you know, they have the opportunity to do that. So just take somebody who's with you, or take, <laughs> take somebody with you, you know, who knows the material. And then, you know, hopefully you'll be able to make a good decision with them or call me and I'll help you. Okay, I got an email question. And this was, let's see. Oh, yeah. I inherited a car and I have the title. No, I inherited an old car and I have the title. It is signed by my grandfather but not filled out. What do I do next? Well, you need to fill it. Okay, if it's signed on the back of the title, like on a Tennessee title, like most titles, some of them you sign on the front. When you transfer ownership, you know, the, the owner signs it or the seller signs the, in, on the seller line. And in Tennessee title, it's on the back. And they sign their name and then they print their name. But if they didn't print their name, you can go ahead and do that. And then you fill out the rest of it and then go register the vehicle. You need to get it out of the previous owner's name. You know, because, well, obviously you need to register it if you're going to drive it because you need tags. And you don't want to get pulled over without tags. Uh, more than likely, you're not a dealer. So, you know, you can't run on dealer tags or temporary tags. If you did, did get temporary tags, you could run on those in Tennessee for 30 days. But beyond that, you're going to be driving illegally. So get it registered. And uh, do you have to pay taxes on it? We'll get to that here in just a minute. If it's a gift, you may not have to. Okay, yesterday we talked about things that you should definitely have in your car with you. You know, we talked about an empty uh, gas can, one-gallon plastic gas can. You don't want to carry gas in your car. But you need a can in case you run out and you can go to a gas station and fill up. You know, things like the jack and the spare and the tire gauge and blankets and jumper cables. All of those things are important. One of the things we did not mention may be the most important if you get pulled over, and that is your registration, current registration, make sure it's current, and your proof of insurance. I got pulled over in Kentucky um, after visiting my grandson. I was driving through on 25E through the mountains of Kentucky and I was going a little fast, and uh, that state trooper didn't like it. I think he was, you know, a little suspicious of my yellow Porsche. Maybe that's why he pulled me over. I really wasn't going that fast, but I was over the speed limit, more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. So he pulled me over, and uh, I got a ticket for that. It could have been worse, though, because I did not I had a dealer tag, and, you know, most state troopers don't like dealer tags, and he wanted to see some type of – Proof of ownership. I showed him my business card that I owned the dealership. He wasn't impressed. And then, um, let's see, I showed him, what else did I show? Oh, yeah, he wanted proof of insurance. I didn't have it. He said, well, you're supposed to have proof of insurance in the car. And I said, well, I I realize that, officer, but I'm a dealer. This is my dealer tag, and I'm sorry. He said, well, you have to provide that or the fine goes up. I said, okay, well, I'll provide it. Just tell me where to send it. And I did. I, I sent in my $225 and proof of insurance. So make sure you have those things in your car, okay? So um, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about some more title and titling topics, things that are important that you need to do, especially if you're transferring ownership. Think about registering a vehicle when somebody passes away, stuff like that. These are some important considerations, and I'll try to enlighten you a little bit, and we'll be back in just a minute. Okay, I am back. You know, if you... uh, finally get to pay off your house, you know, there is a warranty deed that you will receive from the lender. 
and they'll sign it saying that you've satisfied your mortgage debt. You know, you may have a second lien, like what they, I think they call them HELOC, home equity line of credit. You may have a second lien on your house, and when you pay that off, you signed a note, and when you pay that off, they'll send you a that note stamped paid. What a great feeling that would be. Of course, when you pay off your car, uh, you're supposed to get a notice, and, and they're supposed to, the most important thing is they're supposed to send you your title, right? And so you've got your title in hand, which you need to secure. Um, actually, folks, I, I, can't, I really couldn't believe this when I saw it, but back in the old days, I would drop somebody's uh, glove box door, and there would be the title sitting there. I said, why do, you, why do you keep your title in your car? Well, just, I don't know. I thought that's where you're supposed to keep it. I said, no, you keep your registration in your car. You keep your title in your lockbox. That's what they call them around here. Or, you know, with your important papers at your house or something. I think a, a safe deposit box is the best place to keep the title of a car. But uh, a lot of people don't realize that lien holders... That would be a bank that loaned you the money for your car. They retain titles until the loan is paid. Um, and so it's they retain the title until you pay it or if you trade the vehicle. You know, that's still your responsibility to make sure that loan gets paid off. Even though the dealer says, oh, we'll take care of it. We'll pay off your, your lien. It's built into your sales contract, you know, and they carry it over your balance. Whatever was left over between what your car is actually worth and what you owe on it, maybe you had some equity, so that will count as down payment. If you didn't have any equity and they paid you less than what your loan was for, then that little amount of negative equity or large amount will go on your next contract. A lot of people don't understand that, but that's the way it works. That debt does not go away. Um, so if you trade it into the dealership, it's their responsibility uh, to pay off your car. And you know some unscrupulous and really financially distressed dealers kind of delay that process and don't pay off your car because of cash flow reasons. And I know in Morristown there was a Toyota dealership that went out of business and hundreds of people uh, found out they still owed money on their cars than they had traded months or years ago. So I'm just going to follow up with my lender, you know, maybe, okay, I don't know, 60 days, 30 days after I traded cars. I'm going to say, uh, did you ever receive payoff for my previous car? And they want your account number or your VIN number or your social security number to verify that. But that's just something I would recommend that you do. Um, okay. If you buy a car from an individual and they either lost the title or there is a loan against it, be very careful. You know, they can give you a bill of sale, and that's fine. But if they have borrowed money against that car, you have no way of verifying that. There's nothing you can look up to see if somebody has gone to a title loan place and put up their title for a $500, you know, line of credit or whatever. So you need to make sure that you don't give anybody any money until they give you the title to a car. And, you know, of course, you want to verify the VIN. Don't just you know, let them hand you a title and you give them the money and drive off. I mean, maybe it's a title to something else. If you don't look at it, make sure it matches the VIN number on the car, then you're not being very wise. They may have a lien on the car, you know, with a lender. And so what you want to find out is who that lender is. You go down to the bank, if it's a bank or a credit union, find out what the payoff is. And let's say the payoff is is less than what you had offered them for the car or what your agreed-to sale price is. I still wouldn't give the money 
uh, the difference to the individual. I would make sure, find out what the today's payoff is at the bank, pay off the car at the bank, and then write the, a separate check to the owner for the difference, you know, between what he owed on the car and what the car was worth. If he actually owes more on the car than it's worth, you need to make sure that the lender is going to be willing to release that title for what you uh, are paying for the car. He probably isn't going to unless the owner of the car is willing to make up the difference right there on the spot. So, you know, that type of transaction needs to happen at the bank. If it if you're not at the bank, then that transaction does not need to happen. You know, you need to uh, basically make that seller get you a clean title. He may have to go borrow money or something like that from somebody else just for this transaction and then pay that off. Put the burden on him. That's a that's a tricky situation. You just got to be very careful when that happens. Okay, another scenario with titles, if you lose a title, you know, you can go to the title office in, in Tennessee, it's the county court clerk, and you can get a new title. Um, sometimes they can actually print it. If, if it doesn't have a lien on it, if it shows no lien on the state record, then they, that means if it shows that, you, you know, there's no money barred against the title, then they'll print it out. They could possibly print one out for you right there on the spot and hand it to you. Uh, sometimes it has to go through the state. And uh, they'll mail them typically in less than a week. You can get a title. But if there was a lien holder on that title and you can't, you know, you want to order another title. Okay, so you had the title. You paid off the loan. But there was a lien holder listed on that title, on the original title. Well, you go to, you lost it. You go to the courthouse. You say, I need a new title. Well, it had a lien holder on it. Guess what? It's going back to the lien holder unless you can provide proof that that loan was paid off to the county court clerk. And it has to be in a, you know, it can't be a canceled check or something like that. It's got to be something from the lender that's certified saying that, that yes, this loan was paid off. And uh, then they may not, still not, uh, give you a, a title on the spot. Uh, it may still have to go through the state, but you'll get one. Okay, let's look at another scenario here. If you want to give a car to someone, let's, let's say that you have a grandchild or something like that, you can do that. Um, without them having to pay sales tax on the value of the car. Now, in some states, they may look up the book value of the car and charge you sales tax because of that. But in the state of Tennessee, they do not do that. So you can pass it on to, I don't guess it matters on the, the price of it. If you, it's a gift, then they don't have to pay sales tax again because you already did pay sales tax. But if you're selling it to somebody and you're transferring it to them, then that's a taxable situation. Now, on, that, on the back of the title, it says sale price, and you can write in whatever number you want to in there. However, I wouldn't cheat. Um, you know, it, it's just better just to go ahead and put the price down there. You may have a, a buyer say, well, you know, I know it's a $50,000 car and I'm paying you fifty, but could you maybe write twenty five down there? Don't do it because you know who's committing sales tax fraud in that instance. It's not them. Well, maybe it's half them, but it's you. And so you're responsible for making sure that you put the right number down there. I get it. I understand. We don't want to pay sales tax when we don't have to. I had to do it the other day. I had a, a, a my 1970 Bronco. I'd never titled it in my name. And I just hadn't really thought about it until the other day. And I was looking at my insurance coverage. And, I, you know, that thing has gone up in value. I paid $17,000 for it in 2013. Today, that Bronco is worth somewhere close to, I don't know, $65,000, $70,000. Pretty good investment. 
Well, I'm not selling it. I mean, it's it's a keeper. But uh, I had never registered that vehicle. So I put $17,000 down there, went there and paid sales tax on it, you know, just so I could get it registered. But if I had ever had an accident in that car and it's still titled in somebody else's name, that could be a tough situation. And I'll give you another reason why that's important. As an owner who is selling a car to someone, uh, you should always request proof of registration in the new owner's name. Or you could possibly be liable if they have an accident. So they're driving around a car that's still titled in your name, and they have an accident. Who do the lawyers go after, you know, in that, t- that type of scenario for damage claims and stuff? Whoever owns the car, you know, they'll go after the guy driving the car, but they'll also go after the car owner if it's not the same person. You know, you may have sold that car to that guy five years ago, and he never registered it. You know, he just put, you know, drove with illegal tags or something like that. You're potentially liable for that. So get make sure, just get a copy of the registration. You know, just tell them and say, okay, you go register this vehicle, and I need proof, I need a copy of the registration of this, please. Now, he could just say, yeah, say he's going to do it and then not do it. But um, that's just an extra layer of security that I would want if I'm selling a car that's in my name to somebody else. Uh, also, don't just sign the title. You might have somebody say, well, just leave the title open. No, I'm not leaving the title open. I'm selling it to you. And you want to make sure that he registers that vehicle, and he'll probably have to. He's way more likely to if you write in the buyer's name and fill out all the, the address information on the back of the title. Do not just sign the title you know, where it says signature of seller and hand it to him. Don't do that. Make sure the title is filled out or don't sell him the car. Okay, when I was down at the uh, tag office registering my 1970 Bronco, I was just overhearing uh, this gentleman, and he was uh, wanting to register two vehicles in the state of Tennessee. He had his old registration from his previous state, but he didn't have the actual titles. Well, that is a no-no. Uh, I'm sure that's a no-no in every state. You're not going to be able to re-register a car in another state unless you have uh, the actual title with you. Now, if you don't have the title with you and there's a lien holder, then that's a different scenario. Uh, What the state of Tennessee will do is when you register that vehicle with a lien, then they will issue a Tennessee title, but it will go back to the lien holder who has the uh, who's holding the original title. You know, that lien holder doesn't want his security interest to just go away. Because if you stop making the payments, then, you know, he, he comes to find out that there's been an, an extra title issued in Tennessee without a, his lien on it, then it's possible that he could uh, lose that collateral. And we certainly don't want that to happen for the bank. But it is uh, required that you have the titles from the other state, uh, like I say, because there could have been a lien. And uh, it's possible that the owner was trying to erase that lien. Uh, you don't want to do that. You know, a lot of titles, there was a, the problem with titles getting washed. You ever heard that term, washing a title? That means that you're trying to clean it up. It, it could have had salvage history in one state, and it was marked on the title, or you're trying to re-register it in a different state that doesn't mark titles, that doesn't brand. It's called title branding and they don't put a brand on that title. And then some innocent person ends up buying a car that was actually uh, two cars at one time. So it's uh, you know been through a horrendous accident, and they took junkyard parts and put the thing back together again. Uh, then they go in and wash the title. 
I'm sure that this probably still happens. That's why we have things. We have some tools like Carfax and AutoCheck and stuff like that now. So if you want to pull the history on the car, you can go to Carfax.com. You might have to pay. Well, you will have to pay a fee if you want a full report. Another place is Experian, which is um, you know one of the, the credit bureaus. Uh, they have something called AutoCheck. That's what I use. I use AutoCheck. I've just found it to be more accurate than Carfax. And plus, it costs us less per month to have the ongoing subscription as a dealer. When you're a dealer, you have to have some way to vet these vehicles and make sure that they are, you know, have a clean history. Because if you don't, nobody wants to buy them. I don't blame you. I don't want to buy something that's, you know, had the airbags deployed. And you need to really read those car faxes and auto checks very closely. Go all the way down to the bottom. Don't just read the top where they have all the green check marks. Because I've I've seen green check marks in the major categories, only to find that the car had actually had body repairs, and it was listed down on the bottom. I don't understand why they would give it a green check mark if uh, you know it's not entitled to that if it's been in a collision. So these are the ways that you can get taken advantage of if you're not careful on titles. So I'll be back here in just a minute. I know, I talk really fast when I talk about some of this stuff. And So if you have any questions about, about titling issues, you can call me on my cell phone, 423-552-2020. And I might just refer you to my daughter, Audra, who is our title clerk, and she can answer your questions because she deals with all different states uh, because we sell cars all over the country, and uh, she has to work with these different uh, registration departments, and uh, she has all the information in her office that tells her what they require. And so you don't want to, you know, take 50 grand out of your 401k and hand it to somebody, and all of a sudden, you don't have title to the car. It, it belongs to somebody else, and you're messed up. I start to say something else. So you have to be diligent, and, it, and if you're unsure, then you call the experts, Right. Uh, send me an email to mycarguru2020 at gmail.com or call me at 423-552-2020 or send me a text if you have a question, and I'll, I'll get you the answer that you need. If it come, When it comes to cars, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that you need to call, the car guru. Well, thank you for listening to this edition, and we'll see you next time.